The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, so check out Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Sports Ethos, pretty simple, S-P-O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S, at Sports Ethos on Twitter, or online, SportsEthos.com. Not only the best in your basketball content, but also your football and baseball now. It's just growing and growing, so definitely get on board there, SportsEthos.com on Twitter, at Sports Ethos. Keeping it rocking with the round ball on the ramble over here. We're going to talk about the great latest news, greatest news, I guess you could say, as well, um, as well as get you caught up on the games that happened last night, and then get you on your way on this fine Monday, the 6th of December. So, without further ado, let's get rocking. we got to start with the injury and availability news. So, without further ado, we going down to Charlotte, where four Charlotte Hornets players have been placed in the NBA's health and safety protocols. This happened on Saturday. This is an indicator that they have tested positive for the coronavirus. Those four players are... LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Mason Plumley, and Jalen McDaniel. They'll be sidelined for at least 10 days or until they've recorded two negative tests in a 24-hour period. That's according to league rules. Uh, barring more positive tests, the Hornets would meet the NBA minimum required eight players, so they were able to play last night's game against Atlanta. Break that down in a minute here. And they are currently, um, well, before this game, seventh in the East, so we'll kind of see where they go. Um, the league has talked a little bit more about vaccinations and just where they stand with players in the NBA's health and safety protocols. About 97% of the players are vaccinated. There was no news on how many players have received booster shots, although the NBA did tell teams on Friday that those who have not received booster shots by December 17th will be subject to stricter rules. So for players, that'll be game day testing. For staffers, that'll be a little even more severe. It would, not, it would mean they cannot continue interacting with players or have the level of access that would allow them to be on the court and travel with the team. So we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, and, and, and just the, the, the strict, I don't want to say the stricter guidelines, but just the, the updated guidelines with players. Because we have seen, you know, players that have been placed in health and safety protocols um, and how some have been silent for at least 10 days. You've had some like Joel Embiid, who was out for at least three weeks. And then you've had even some more confusing ones, like the Lakers' LeBron James, who entered the protocols after a combination of results on tests, and then was cleared after returning multiple negative PCR tests in a 24-hour window. Uh, he wasn't happy about that. He missed a game on Tuesday because of the protocols, but then returned to the Lakers' lineup on Friday, and he said, quote, I knew I was going to get cleared because I never, ever felt sick at all. I knew he could be asymptomatic, but I just thought it was handled very poorly. So we'll see kind of what happens. I will say this, the NBA has gotten better in their response. There was 30 games postponed last year for virus-related reasons, and so far, um, there hasn't been a game postponed yet. So, we'll just kind of continue to monitor it. Uh, it definitely is something that is a part of the game now. Uh, hopefully, it goes away, uh, but at this point, it is what it is, so here we are with that. But aside from that, we have injury news to touch on here as well. So, the lovely world of injuries takes us first to Portland, where... 
I mean, the Trailblazers are a mess. We're going to talk about them more later this week for sure. But in addition to letting go of firing <laughs> their general manager, Neil O'Shea, they've also been without the services of Damian Lillard and will continue to be without his services for just over a week more with his abdominal injury. Anthony Simon's also out with an ankle injury as well as Nasir Little. Uh, for Boston, Jalen Brown has been out with a hamstring strain, uh, while the Mavericks have just been hit hard across the table with injuries between Maxi Kleba, uh, Luka Doncic, Willie Colstein is just out for personal reasons, and Kristaps Porzingis with his knee injury. Hamstring struck again in Memphis, where Dylan Brooks has been dealing with some injury there. Uh, just again, more of a strain. don't know why I couldn't say it between strain and sprain. But anyway, uh, while Kyle Anderson, who's had a down year this season, has been dealing with a back injury. So, further setback there. Speaking of back, Andrew Wiggins has been dealing with back spasms, while Andre Godal has been out for a few games now with this knee injury that he's had. So, we'll see how he recovers there. For a Golden State Warriors team that, quite frankly, you know, have been doing okay without his services, you know, dropped a game against the Spurs, but that's really more of a trap game. Speaking of trap... Well, it's actually not trap at all, but the Bucks trying to get everyone healthy, and just when they get, you know, Drew Holiday back and Chris Middleton, now Giannis is out with a calf injury. Uh, Demarcus Cousins, who just joined the Bucks, is uh, probably probable for some of these games with a foot injury, while George Hill has been dealing with a knee injury. For Miami, they've just been kind of a mess. Uh, Jimmy Butler has still been out with a glute injury, or Markeith Morris, who you know isn't a huge player in Miami's rotation, hasn't played since the little tit-for-tat retaliation foul from Nikola Jokic almost four weeks ago. Pretty crazy. Aside from that, for the Bulls, uh, Kobe White and Javante Green are still dealing with COVID protocols, while Alex Caruso did suffer a hamstring strain this weekend. We will see how he recovers from that. So that's kind of the weekend update for the injuries across the association here. As far as your game results from this past Sunday, yesterday the 5th, The Jazz won a very close, very entertaining game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, 109-108, as Darius Garland missed a deep, deep three at the buzzer and putback attempts were not successful. Donovan Mitchell led the way for Utah with 35 points, three rebounds, and six assists, while Darius Garland attempted to match with 31 points, four rebounds, and five assists. A really fun game across the board. Um... Just a strong stretch of games by Rudy Gobert. Yeah, not much in the points department. Just six points on three of six shooting. But 20 huge rebounds. Along with three assists, a steal, and five blocks. Just making an impact on the defensive end as he's wont to do. Uh, aside from that, you had 15 points from Rudy Gay off the bench on 50% shooting. 16 points by Boljan Bogdanovich. And then you had 11 points and six assists from Michael Conley. For the Cleveland Cavs, in addition to 31 points from Darius Garland, Jared Allen chipped in with 17 points and 10 boards, while Evan Mobley threw in 14 points, 12 boards, 3 assists. Uh, You know, it was a good kind of bounced effort across the board. Ricky Rubio came in clutch, 15 points, 4 rebounds, really keying a Cleveland Cavaliers comeback that fell just short. But again, just a fun game to watch. Cleveland has been scrappy. I think we're getting to the point where we can't say are they there or not. Like, they're going to be a team that's... Yeah, fighting for the plan. You know, if not locked into one of the early playoff spots. And it's kind of crazy to think about because you just look at Cleveland as, oh, yeah, you know, Cleveland for the last couple of years. But nah, they are just substantially better. Speaking of substantially better, the Charlotte Hornets won a game they normally wouldn't win despite having all those players I mentioned out for them with those COVID protocols. They still beat the Atlanta Hawks 130-127. to 
behind 32 points from Miles Bridges and a big game as well from Kelly Oubre Jr., who came through. He's a streaky shooter. You know that for sure. Remember, he's shooting something like 4% from three uh, last year at Golden State. Well, he has been on fire for parts of the season. He had 28 points, uh, not a whole lot else. Three rebounds, two assists, but get this. Six of 10 from three, 11 of 17 overall. I mean, that's solid. That's solid for him. And yeah, it came through in a major way for a shorthanded Hornets team that was kind of going deep, you know, playing a lot of their young guys. And for this season, get this, he shot, let's just look at his last couple of seasons, right? 2018-2019, shot 32% with the Phoenix Suns, right? 2019-2020, shot 35% from three. Uh, Last year with the Golden State Warriors, shot 31% from three on five attempts a night. Now get this, with Charlotte, he is shooting the three seven times a contest. He's making it at 38% clip. That is fire. That is low-key fire for Kelly Oubre, who goes from being one of the just most inefficient shooters out there to being one of the best NBA shooters out there. Kind of crazy. Really? It is. So, Kelly Oubre there. And his birthday is in three days, so we'll talk about him a little bit more from there as he will turn 26. But going on from that game to just a few others that played yesterday, the Toronto Raptors beat the Washington Wizards, 102-90, in a game that wasn't even all that close. Pascal Siakam had a huge game, 31 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Contagious Caldwell-Pope led the Wizards in scoring, which should tell you pretty much all you need to know. Not that he cannot fill up the bucket, but he had a hot night, 89 from the field, 4-4 from 3, um, on a game where it wasn't hot for a lot of the Wizards. They shot 41% from the field, 32% from 3 overall, weren't even super great from the foul line, just 75%. Uh, just such just great stat lines of Spencer Dinwiddie going 3 of 11, uh, Bradley Beal going 4 of 12, Kyle Kuzma going 4 of 11, even the normally reliable and efficient Montrezl Harrell uh, finishing with 6 points and 14 rebounds on just 3 of 6 shooting from the field. So, not a great night for the Wizards, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, and the Raptors went ahead and ran with it. Speaking of ran with it, the Rockets are running on a 6-game winning streak, and they Continue that, of course. Well, they made a six-game winning streak with a win over the New Orleans Pelicans, 118-108. to Christian Wood had 23 points, eight rebounds, two assists. Uh, couldn't miss from three early, going five or six from three ultimately. And he wasn't the only one. Uh, Garrison Matthews knocked down four threes. Eric Gordon knocked down three. Daniel Tice knocked down two. DJ Augustine got two in there. All in all, the Rackets went at a 42% clip from three with five, six different guys in double digits. So just really balanced scoring. And one guy just on the outside of that with Kenyon Martin. So really balanced uh, effort from them. For the Pelicans, they just weren't able to make a lot of shots. They just weren't able to make a lot of shots, uh, especially from three. Uh, Devontae Graham, three of 11 from three. Brandon Ingram, three of 10. We'll get back to him in a second. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, three of eight. Trey Murphy, uh, 0 for 4, you know, Jonas Valanciunas, who's been hot from 3 this season, uh, missed the only one he took, same can be said for Kyra Lewis as well, uh, it was just a rough night shooting across the board for the Pelicans, although, out of nowhere, it felt like it was the quietest, sleepiest, just bam, 40-point game, but 
Brandon Ingram had a 40-point game, 15-28 from the field. Again, those aforementioned three three-pointers in 10 attempts, 7-8 from the free throw line, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, definitely was getting his mid-range game going and was trying to keep the Pelicans in it, but they just couldn't make enough shots and get enough defensive stops to keep themselves in a position to make a, a really good effort. And that's why it didn't happen. The Rockets had a lead as big as 15. The Pelicans had a lead as big as 7. Uh, only one time was the game tied. Only four lead changes all early. Rockets kind of got control uh, after the late midway point of the first quarter, and that was all that they wrote for that game. So, looking at games for tonight, all times Eastern, as y'all know, 7 o'clock, the Charlotte Hornets will be playing the Philadelphia 76ers. That will be fun to see. Uh, A little bit different, maybe, because, you know, Charlotte is shorthanded, but as we've seen uh, from yesterday's game, they can still play. I don't know if Kelly Oubre will be as hot, but hey, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Battle of the bottom, that's what I call this. The Detroit Pistons will be playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. This, for some reason, will be on NBA TV. I'd imagine because of Cade Cunningham uh, playing against Oklahoma and the ties there. Not really sure what else I see from there, but that is a game at 7. Also, the Washington Wizards will be playing the Indiana Pacers. 7.30, the Memphis Grizzlies will be playing the Miami Heat. The Denver Nuggets will be playing the Chicago Bulls. That is the game I will definitely be watching. League pass game of the night. Can you hear me? While the Cleveland Cavaliers will go to battle against the Milwaukee Bucks. Also at 8, the Atlanta Hawks will be playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. While at 9, the San Antonio Spurs will be playing the Phoenix Suns. San Antonio just off of a win against the Warriors. The Phoenix Suns also off a win against the Warriors. Uh, The Orlando Magic will be playing the Golden State Warriors. Good luck, Orlando. While at 10 o'clock, in addition to the Warriors game, the Los Angeles Clippers will be playing against the reeling Portland Trailblazers. So, one game that I'm definitely going to be watching for sure is Denver Nuggets against Chicago Bulls. And now, you know, not that I do a whole lot of these, but predictions. Think of Charlotte at home. Yes, short-handed. Philadelphia getting back to speed, to full strength. Who's sticking to Joel Embiid um, consistently? I don't know. Uh, Tyrese Maxey's also been really solid for Philadelphia. I'm going to take Philly in that game. For Detroit versus Oklahoma City, uh, either way, Oklahoma's been pretty embarrassing. Poor Pistons are the worst team in the NBA, um, but I am going to roll with the Thunder. Uh, Wizards versus Pacers could go either way. I think the Wizards have a bounce-back game on the second night of a back-to-back. Grizzlies versus Heat. The Heat are still injured and reeling. The Grizzlies have had their own injury concerns, but I think Memphis takes this one. Nuggets versus Bulls. That should be a very, very fun game, but the Bulls right now are clicking all cylinders, and they're at home. I take Chicago in a close one. Cleveland Cavaliers versus Milwaukee Bucks. It depends on Giannis plays. If Giannis plays, I take the Bucks in a close one. If he does not play, I think I like Cleveland in this one. I think I like Cleveland, even away. I mean, they've just been playing really well, and that front court of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley is no joke. Atlanta versus Minnesota. Hmm, this is a close one, but you know I'm going to take Minnesota on here. They've been really getting back into form. I think they win this game and go 12-12. and San Antonio Spurs versus the Phoenix Suns. Like the Spurs, like their fight, but Phoenix one of the best teams right now in the West. Uh, top two, obviously. And, you know, maybe San Antonio makes things close. After all, they beat the number one team, but I think that the Suns will win this one. Magic versus Warriors. Like Cole Anthony, entertaining game up in Golden State, but I also like the Warriors to win. Last but not least, Clippers versus Trailblazers. Blazers have just too many injuries. I don't know if they can get an inspired performance. They haven't shown the type of heart and grit all season. It's possible, but not likely. I am taking the Los Angeles Clippers even away. 
Alright y'all, so that is going to do it here for another edition of Round Ball Ramble. Definitely make sure to check us out, or myself, out on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. Sports Ethos, again, I tell you once, I tell you a thousand times on Twitter, at Sports Ethos, online, SportsEthos.com. Definitely make sure to tune in to that. For myself, I am Frosty, y'all. Stay frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Alright y'all. This has been a Sports Ethos presentation.